Hi friends, welcome to the Recover Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Blood. Together, we are building a community of men and women who are learning what it means to grieve well, rest well, and love well, to live the life we dream of. No one is left out of this grand adventure. Now is the time to recover your life. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that we're doing something a little different. This is going to be a part one and a part two episode, but I didn't decide that until after the episode was already recorded. So you might hear when we get to the end that it's a little bit of an abrupt ending, but we'll be back next week with the second part of the conversation. I wanted to do this because we're talking all about grief, and I wanted to make sure that our brains, our bodies, and our hearts had space to process the conversation, take notes if you want to, go back and listen. And so this part one of the episode is going to be all about having a theology for grief and why our belief about what we think grieving well means and how that applies to our life really matters. And then next week, we'll jump into a conversation of like the practicality of like, what does this look like in my everyday life? So go ahead, listen to today's episode and cannot wait for the way it's going to change your life. Hi friends, welcome back to another conversation on the Recover Your Life podcast. My name is Bridget and I am so excited for us to dive into this conversation with my dear friend, Wanda. Wanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bridget. I am so happy to be here with you today. Um, I cannot wait to dive in. We're going to talk all about grief today, which I'm really excited to talk about. It's really important. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll get to some somber moments, but I think of if, I mean, there's not another human that's shaped my ability to grieve well besides you. I mean, there are other people, mm-hmm. but as far as like the person that has started this conversation and has walked with me through a really long time, I'm just so grateful for what you have imparted to my life and can't wait to just dive into this conversation today. Awesome. awesome. Um, so as we kind of <laughs> begin our conversation, can you just share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and what's happening in your world? Sure. Uh, My name is Wanda Walborn, and for 24 years, I worked Mm -hmm. at Naya College and Alliance University. Uh, I started out as a director of residence life, so I had men and women and satellite Mm -hmm. housing and kind of developed RAs. And then I switched to director of spiritual formation, where our office was in charge of chapels and all ministry on campus. I did that for 16 years. And then in the midst of that, um, I was invited to create a class for all incoming students to get us all on the same page because we had 70 countries and like 50 church denominations at our school. So I was asked to develop a class for that. And then in the midst of that, I was also approached by our district to create a certificate program for women to help prepare them for effective ministry. So I also got a doctorate in there and um, worked on some other things. And I have four kids and now five grandchildren. But um, I've been just kind of doing what God puts right before me in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot, but he always uh, supplies everything I need. And grieving has been a huge part of capacity to be able to have capacity to keep doing what he's asking us to do. So, Absolutely. I know. And I have a husband who's just as busy. He was the dean at the institution. He was a professor at the institution. He's a vice president at the institution and and our speaking and our travel and all those kinds of things. So um, 
yeah, God has had us on the move. And just recently, unfortunately, our school closed and our accreditation was pulled by mm-hmm. Middle State. So we are personally in a tremendous uh, time of grieving, Absolutely. of loss, of mm-hmm. disappointment, and all of the stages that go with that. So mm-hmm. this is kind of appropriate, but yep. when you asked me a month ago, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm much better 30 days later. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy to be here with you. Yeah. It's interesting when I, um, I have, it's probably my favorite sermon I've ever preached. I preached a sermon on grief a month after I walked through the most painful season of mm-hmm. pain in my whole life. And it was one of those things where I was like, Ooh, do I really want to do this? Like, I'm not quite sure. And I just gave myself some time and I'm like, no, I actually think that being able to have the conversation is the thing that's going to help me process through it. And so I'm super excited, but I would love to share. I can't remember if I've shared this with you in the past or on our last phone call or whatever, but my favorite moments of mentorship with you, I would love to, I would love to share a couple of them with you because I think they're so tied to grief. The, The first one is a silly one. And it's, I came over to your house. This is when I was in college, came over to your house and you were still in your pajamas. <laughs> and I, walked, I don't remember this. <laughs> and I walked into the kitchen and there were dishes all in the sink. And I remember like, oh my gosh, my mother would never let anybody in the house like this. And I remember the Lord saying, she didn't invite you to her house. She invited you to her home. Ooh. And it has been like, I'm like, hmm. Wanda's dirty dishes in the sink have been one of the most impactful moments of mentorship in my whole life that I'm like, yeah, come to my house anytime because of that, like that invitation. Like I felt one of the mm. the beautiful gifts that you've carried just in your relationship over the years is even as a much younger student, when we first met, like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like you were untouchable or that you were perfect or that it was kind of like, well, look at me, I'm teaching things and I have this all figured out. I always felt like a really safe permission to like ask you questions as you're exploring your own journey and just the way that you postured Mm -hmm. yourself has been a really safe place for me to explore the topic of grief and just to continue. I think that that's been really cool. Now I just started working with college students at my church. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side of it, which is very weird, (laughs) which is very, (laughs) which is very cool. But the like, even, you know, moments of like, I don't have to have all these big answers for that. I felt it was interesting a couple, a couple weeks ago, some of the girls started asking some like really big theology questions. And I felt Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to give them an answer. I just like took a breath and I was like, Oh, like that's a really great question. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Yes. But I'm here. Yes. I'm here as a safe person to to walk with you and journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the serious one, which I probably will still get emotional about it because I it's like a lifeline moment for me, was and we'll talk about this later, the personal spiritual formation retreat that you took mm-hmm. students on that after kind of a season of really deep reflection. We gathered as students together. We did a, like a prayer tunnel where students were able to walk through. Mm-hmm. People prayed through them as they went through it. And you met me at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, Wanda, thank you for loving me. Mm-hmm. And you said, you're so easy to love. Amen. And <laughs> there's so many times that I will pull that moment out as a weapon and say, nope, I'm not believing that. Wanda said I'm easy to love. <laughs> <laughs> Wanda and Jesus said I'm easy to love. That's right. Jesus and so <laughs> I go back to that moment at 19 
so many times of like that was such a deeply like super important moment and then I forgot about this too the moment I got healed forgot about that we were together on the street of New York City I had been in chronic pain for years and years and years and years and um we had journeyed together on a uh, just a, how do you walk through that? How do we invite God's presence and power and still honor the limitations of my body and not, I never felt shame. Like that was really good. I'm really grateful that my introduction to supernatural healing was always one of like, okay, cool. We're figuring this out together. Like it's not a pass fail, right or wrong, not working. Um, and we were in New York city talking about how do we equip students to hear God's voice? And I just mm-hmm. remember we stopped with two other leaders that were with us. And I was like, guys, you have to pray right now. And this fire of God (laughs) went through my whole body. (laughs) And I remember taking a step forward and like everything was like every ounce of pain was gone. And I had never lived in Mm. without pain. Like for years, I'd never lived without pain. And so that super messed up my theology of everything. (laughs) So (laughs) then that took However, let me interject in for one second in there is because when you came to my developing a woman's gifts and calling class, every single day after class, we pray for your healing. And then I think it was the next day you had, we, you had PSF and then Ron and I prayed for you every single time after Mm -hmm. class. And so when God did it so powerfully that day, correct again, like on the street with, with, you know, we're going to a Cuban restaurant. It was just like, Whoa, God, how cool that you have chosen this moment at this time Mm -hmm. for the culmination of Bridget's healing. Yeah, so. absolutely. So we've had we've had some fun <laughs> moments together. We have. Um, we have. So talking about grief in the sense of this is a question that I actually oh and I was just before we jumped on our call today I was thinking about this. Who because mo- I you modeled grief for me, but who modeled grieving well for you? Whoa. I don't, I don't recall anyone in particular doing Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think what has happened over the years as things happen in life and ministry Mm -hmm. that especially were unmet expectations Mm -hmm. and I had deep disappointment and felt Mm -hmm. deep loss and like, oh, there goes my chance or Mm -hmm. this is totally not turning out the way I hoped. Yeah. That is when. I felt like all I had to turn to was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and so I just I I just kind of came into his presence to let him love me. Yeah. And I I didn't know what else to do. Yep. And so that led me to mm-hmm. to books and reading and listening to things and sermons and things like that, but mm-hmm. I felt I feel like my what has developed out of my life has come from a place of lack instead mm-hmm. of a place of modeling. Yep. And so what I do for other people is what I wished would have been done for me. Yep. And so even though that's kind of sounds terrible and it's sad in some yep. ways, it's completely wonderful because that drove me back to Jesus every single time mm-hmm. and still does so that it's straight from him mm-hmm. and, and as the source. Absolutely. And I mean, he is the healer. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he does healing, he heals us, but he is the healer. Yeah. 
So let's just go straight to the source. And um, yes, we need others with us in that, but mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how it worked for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think about scripture too, of like he comforts us so we know how to comfort others. Mm. Yes. And the God of all comfort, you know, first Corinthians, the God of all comfort. And then the Holy spirit comes and he is the comforter and Jesus paid the price on the cross in Isaiah 53. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. And in the King James, I think it says a man acquainted with grief, Mm -hmm. Jesus gets it. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about this this morning, his whole life, he experienced loss, disappointment, pain, rejection. Every time he had to go before those rulers as this young Jewish rabbi, and they rejected him. And yet he just walked in his authority. He knew his identity. He spoke truth. He he just, he mm-hmm. grieved. He grieved and he loved well. Yep. That's beautiful. One of the, one of the phrases that's been really helpful for me, which I actually kind of really had to dig into because I'm really grateful. Like I would say I had... I had, you know, my formational years of like, grief is super welcome. I think I'm, I I remember, I remember sitting in chapel one day and I was like, oh, this is how we avoid midlife crisis is we stop everybody (laughs) at like 18 years old and we say, hey, like, let's actually talk about what has happened the last 18 years. That's probably a really good idea. And obviously, you know, there's still plenty of life hurts that happen after that. And God re- re- weaves in his redemption through everyone's story. And, you know, there is sadness and not everybody gets that opportunity. But I think, again, for me, that's why I wanted to create the podcast and the community of what mm. does it look like for us, regardless of where you've come from. If you've come from, you know, more like Wanda's story of I've had no one in, you know, my formative years that talked about this. So I had to figure it out myself or maybe more of my story was I was really familiar with this language. But mm-hmm. then, I, you know, so I had years of building up like a theology of grief. And then I had to build an actual spiritual practice of grief of like, mm-hmm. oh, like, what does this actually mean? And so for me, one of the things that I've said is like, I don't really care that God's good until I know that God grieves. Mm. And because there's so much that we want to rescue people out of pain it's really mm-hmm. easy to jump to the like, God works everything together for good. And, you know, you yeah. don't know what's working behind the scenes and da 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 da. And when you're in pain, you do not care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. not, I do not care anything about mm-hmm. this. I just want to know that the Lord actually sits with me and goes, Yes, this is painful. Like, mm-hmm. I just need to start there. And I don't even need answers at that point. I remember it was interesting when I was doing some trauma work with a counselor. I just remember I was like, I just really need to tell the father that I'm angry that Jesus is not helping me. Like, mm. this is really frustrating to me that I feel like we're going round and round and round in circles. And Jesus sits and does nothing and I'm really over it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went and Jesus came with me and I was like, basically – taking Jesus to the principal is how I felt in that moment. I'm like, I'm taking Jesus to the principal and I'm going to tell on him, Papa, Jesus isn't doing what you asked him to do. And so I sit there and I tell the father everything about what had happened. And Jesus just sits there and he cries. Hmm. And the friend that was kind of walking me through this, she was like, is Jesus upset with you? And I was like, no. Like, is he angry that you like said these things to Papa? She's like, no. And I was like, I think there's just this experience of anything he says to me right now will be really true. 
there's like anything that Jesus is going to say in this moment is true, but anything he says right now will dishonor my pain. And so for now, he's just sitting here with me. Amen. Like there is no Amen. right word to say. I don't even need a word from the Lord too. Cause sometimes I think that we over, like we over romanticize the prophetic in grief too, mm-hmm. of like, if the mm-hmm. Lord would just give me a clear sign, this would all be better. It's like, you don't need right. a clear sign. You need a good friend. Mm-hmm. Like you just need a good friend that's just going to say, I'm not, I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you in this. Right. It's the witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be with me in my pain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the other word the Lord has been bringing to me since COVID is to go through. Yeah. We go through the pain, through yeah. the loss, through grieving, because grieving will never end. Yeah. Once that loss occurs, the pain will lessen and it yeah. won't hurt as bad and there won't be such a sting, but the loss remains. And, and many of those losses can, we can never go back. We can never go back to the death of a, a loved one living again. We can never go back to the job we got fired from or, or that doesn't exist any longer. We can mm-hmm. never go back. So um, we have to go through. And and, G- and that's why Jesus promises, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. I'm with you. You go through the waters. You will not be swept. You know, they won't mm-hmm. cover you. The flames won't burn you. I'm with you. Yeah. And so there's that beauty of, okay, as long as you're with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting pretty rough here and I don't like it and I don't want it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of intimacy with Jesus is that he doesn't mm-hmm. negate and say, well, I'm with you. So get over it. And that's enough. I'm here. Yeah. He lets all those, that mixture of emotion be present. He can handle our anger, our fear, fear, our cursing, our swearing, our, mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. to say, that's right. I understand. Mm-hmm. And and then, and and in the process, in the end, when that finally all gets out, he just loves us. Yeah. It's like, oh, now I can fall into your chest. I can mm-hmm. feel your embrace. I can hear your heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And right now you might tell me what to do or show me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you just love me. I, mm-hmm. Again, it's, I am loved by him and I can trust a God who is good Mm-hmm. and who loves me. I, I can trust someone who loves me mm-hmm. and that is enough. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of, of deep pain and deep loss, is Jesus enough for you? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, we have to say at times, heck no, mm-hmm. I need a person. I want, like, I know that nice metaphor, like, yes, fall into his arms, feel his grace, but I want a person doing yeah. that. I want a person. And, um, and, and yet, his presence in his presence. And again, what we're driving to people to is his presence. Mm-hmm. We point them back to him as the comforter, him as the, the one who paid the price, mm-hmm. him, you know, the father's full of love because that is enough. It doesn't feel like enough in the moment Mm-mm. and we want more, but again, he is a good God and he can be trusted. So by faith, that's where I push myself to go. I mean, I've been in his presence. I have showed up in his presence and I've been mad at him. Yeah. And I sit there with my arms crossed. I'm like, don't you dare love me today. I'm yeah. here because you're my friend. I just want you to know how mad at you I am. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just here. Yes. And I literally could feel him draw near mm-hmm. 
but I, I knew that if I let him love me, I'd break and then I'd repent. And, and I kind of wanted to be mad for a little bit because yes. this is awful. And I want you to know how much I am hurt by this. Yeah. And I feel like you didn't protect me. You didn't again, but that's the beauty of love. Like think about the relationship with Moses and, and God mm-hmm. up on the mountain and God, I mean, God shares his heart with Moses. I'm going to wipe these people out. And then Moses goes, you can't do that. And, you know, first of all, God is sharing his heart yep. with a man. And, but the man dares to say back to God himself, you can't do that for the sake of your name. Don't. So mm-hmm. there's tremendous intimacy that is indicated when we can speak to God, like of yeah. how we really feel and who we really are. Mm-hmm. And he's not put off by that. And, and it's needed in the midst of loss because there are those stages and, and deep feelings of anger and bargaining and denial and, um, and fear and anxiety and all of that until mm-hmm. whenever that process, we come to acceptance. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. But he's with us throughout it, not rushing us, not saying hurry up, you know. Her, okay, you've had your little pity party. Never. It's just mm-hmm. you uh, You get to be where you are for as long as you need to be. Yeah. And I am with you mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. So good. There's beautiful. a really and that, beautiful. And that I think is, is part of us sharing in the fellowship of his suffering because he gets suffering. Yeah. He gets loss. And that's why when Paul says, you know, to know him and the power of his resurrection, but the fellowship of his suffering, like you want to know, that's why Jesus is the suffering servant. Yeah, He gets it. So he's not like rushing you through it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's, it's just the beauty of intimacy mm-hmm. with the good God. Absolutely. Sometimes I wish he would. I wish he would rush us through it. <laughs> Let's get over it. <laughs> forward um but there's that there's um a really beautiful podcast by emily p freeman called i think it's called the next right thing and she's a spiritual Mm -hmm. director and it's soft and she's slow and i just love listening and so i was listening (laughs) to it yesterday and um she said just a reminder that she had with the lord and she just said with god there's no wrong way to be together Mm -hmm. amen and so just was this like however you need to come to the lord like that's okay and i think that's also really I'm just so grateful, even, you know, when you talk about like, I need to show up and I need to cross my arms, that God is so kind and so gracious with us. And obviously he knows all the puzzle pieces of the story that he's not going to push you either. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that the Lord has regarded my no. Like, that was a huge part of just some like childhood abuse of like, my no wasn't always regarded. And so... Mm-hmm creating safety in my spiritual life with God meant that I needed to show up and say, I hear you and I hear what you're asking me to do. And I'm saying no right now because I need to know that when I say no, you're still showing up kind. Hmm. And it was really cool. Like that lasted for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like that was a great, I don't want to live there forever, but I'm grateful that I gave my heart permission for that because he just was super kind of like he knew it wasn't about him and he also knew that I wanted to come close it just coming close felt so scary because mm-hmm. I didn't Absolutely. I didn't have I didn't have any like they call it getting your sea legs like I didn't I didn't know how to navigate that yet with him mm-hmm. and so being able to say okay to now be able to come to say grief 
is part of how I am encountering you. It's not an absence of encountering you. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. So I would love to just kind of talk a little bit about the idea of like using grief as a spiritual discipline. So maybe people are familiar with the idea of a spiritual discipline, which are things like fasting, prayer, meditation, Mm -hmm. silence. They are um, outward expressions that create space for us to um, focus more on a truth about God. Um, Because yes, we, in our, in our conversation, we are just talking about the little moments of the idea of grief, but we're also talking about creating rhythms and practical tools, things like a grief journal that I would love for us to talk about, mm-hmm. that we're doing an actual action that embodies mm-hmm. grief to help us get to God. Can we talk a little bit about grief? What does grief look like when we're intentionally doing it? Okay. I think God set up Sabbath mm-hmm. as a time to be able to grieve the losses of the week. Now mm-hmm. we don't think about Sabbath. Sabbath is rest. Sabbath mm-hmm. is refreshment. And it is. And Sabbath is a rest from our work. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of little things that happen throughout the day that sometimes during the Sabbath day mm-hmm. or time, there's that reflective moment that your mind goes back to the yep. loss, the pain, the the hurtful word, the mm-hmm. the dig someone gave yeah. you. And so I, I think, I do think in some ways that God has built that in as a ryth- a weekly rhythm of yeah, just beautiful. reflect back, let it go, you know, ask forgiveness, extend forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. repent, do what you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. Draw near. It's okay. The bigger ones uh, like a grief journal mm-hmm. where, so this was an assignment in our class mm-hmm. and, and, it was supposed to be, I think, five to seven pages long. Mm-hmm. And we introduced it as sit before the Lord mm-hmm. and ask Holy Spirit, where do I need to go to grieve yeah. the losses of my life? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people outside that class has said an 18-year-old doesn't have anything to grieve. They haven't lived long enough. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let me tell you something. Yeah. 18 years is a very long time in your family of origin. You, you get a lot of, there's plenty to grieve. Yeah. So instead of it being a chronological, I'm going to start, you know, mm-hmm. zero to five and do that and six to 10 and go through mm-hmm. segments, sit before your computer or your tablet and say, Holy Spirit, where do I need to go? And allow him Again, I think the beauty of, of a grief journal particularly is to be in his presence yeah. because left to myself, I won't go where I need to go mm-hmm. because I don't want to go there because again, the pain is resurfacing. Sometimes I'm reliving it mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't want to do that. So it, you have to start off in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. You know, if you need to put quiet worship or, or that's playing in the room just to, mm-hmm. again, his presence. Um, and then as he brings up the memory or the incident. So you can have a whole grief journal on one yeah. incident, mm-hmm. you know, or one thing, but in the, in the process of beginning to write that out yeah. and to be as specific. And if you remember what was said or what wasn't mm-hmm. said, what was done or wasn't done and just all of it, but there's something about 
writing it Mm -hmm. and and committing that to paper. We live and relive in our head, in our heart, in our Mm -hmm. emotions, in our body. We're reliving it constantly. But to put it on paper where now I can read it and I'm actually going to let someone else read it. Yeah. And give me feedback, and then we're going to process it mm-hmm. is a huge thing. So those are the pieces. Holy Spirit, where do I go? Write it thoroughly, specifically, honestly. Mm-hmm. Again, if you need to swear, swear. If you need to whatever, yep. go ahead. Just get it out. Mm-hmm. Let someone you trust and, and who you know loves you and is a further along mm-hmm. to give honest feedback with it. And it's not going to be correction or reprimand or anything like that. It's going to be, I'm so sorry that happened to you. This sounds so painful. Those kinds of things, like acknowledging, acknowledging the pain, the loss, the sorrow, and then Mm -hmm. beginning to ask questions to let you, as you were writing this, what was the most painful part? What was the hardest about it? Where did you feel breakthrough or did you or whatever? And to begin to kind of, uh, again, now speak out what's happening, again, allowing the spirit of God to come in to show and direct you accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to pray for you. And, and, Mm -hmm. and then as we pray and he, he'll give us words, he'll give us pictures, phrases, words, songs, scriptures, but Mm -hmm. then what? Okay, you just had me do this whole thing. I've never told anyone this before. And now what? I'm supposed to be okay now. It's like, no, 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 we're, we're going to continue on. Mm-hmm. But in those moments, especially when he did speak to you, or he mm-hmm. did show you have something to hold on to now. It's not just this floating, etherical, ethereal, mystical yep. thing, again, floating in my mind, heart, emotions, mm-hmm. body. It's It's out there for me to look at, name, admit the emotions that are connected with that. Because once Mm -hmm. I can connect emotions to it, now my body can get released Mm -hmm. because I've held it in my body. Because especially if there was abuse, there are certain parts, your body has held it. You know, and all those books on the body keeps the score. Those are fabulous books because they're true. So now we're going to put it all out there to sort out and sort through and now begin walking in community, either through a spiritual director, a group, a close friend, a counselor, a therapist, Mm -hmm. a grief share group, whatever it is, Mm to all the way through till, and and I always say to people, you can tell when deep healing has occurred is because I can remember the incident or, or recall what Mm -hmm. happened, but it doesn't have that sting that it did. And, and so it's, it's, Again, because we do remember, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we, we will remember, um, yeah. but that's when we know the healing touch of Jesus has come mm-hmm. and we can move forward because it, it's lost its sting because Charged, I yeah. have dared to face it, name it, feel it, and mm-hmm. then work through it. Yeah. And, and that's very, very powerful. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I love even the idea of it being like a charged memory. Um, that's mm. been really helpful for me is um, thinking of it like um, not – what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say Velcro, but that's not right. Um, ele- like a – kind of like electric 
Mm, what's the word? Like an electric fence. Stim? Something oh, okay. like that. Kind of like, but if you were to, t- like, if you were to touch it, it would be painful. But once it mm-hmm. gets disconnected, like the fence is still mm-hmm. there. It just doesn't hurt anymore to touch it. And it's kind of like that yes. idea of like, it's always very charged. And like, you know, we've, we've talked about a little bit in the past of like following an emotion through all the way. So it's just the same idea of like, I can't give you a specific, like do X, Y, and Z for every person. This is going to be it, but you know, you've passed through, like you've, you followed the emotion all the way through once you feel it end, like your body is really Mm -hmm. intelligent. And so it will go, okay, great. Mm. We've processed Mm -hmm. through it. Um, I just loved a couple of things about what you said. I would love to kind of pull it apart a little bit. For me, this is really interesting. I haven't thought about this in a really long time. My starting memory with my grief journal was so bizarre to me. And it still is. It's super important because I feel like it <laughs> it was a root of a lot of my trauma, but it feels very strange. So I sat with the, sat with the Holy Spirit and I was like, okay, where do we start? And the memory that came up for me was I was probably – three or four and there was a Barbie car seat at Walmart that I wanted really, really bad. Like I, I mean, I am still pink sparkle glitter. Hasn't changed much, but I wanted the Barbie car seat. Um, and my birth father made me get, there was a Dale Earnhardt NASCAR something one. Um, and so I had to get that car seat instead because that's what he wanted. And it was this like, okay, great. I'm never going to be chosen if I'm a girl. Mm. Like being, like being feminine is bad. Like in order Mm -hmm. to, in order to have a dad love you, like you have to be the pseudo son. And Mm. I just remember it like sobbing over and it felt, it was, for me, it was so crazy as I went throughout my grief journal, the words that I used followed the age that I was at. So like I went mm-hmm. to try to write intelligently like an adult and it would be like, I, I want – daddy didn't let me have the car seat. I'm mm-hmm. really mad at daddy. Like that was all I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> I can't even talk about this as an adult. Like literally my body is like I have to get this out because I was so robbed of voice mm-hmm. at that moment. And that 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 for me that was crazy. Like there was – the my language that I used shifted based on how old I was and the memories that the Lord brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's, that's the fun part of following Jesus. Cause first of all, you'll be safe and there will be things like I, even when, when I work with coaching clients, I'm like, Hey, like Jesus, is there permission for us to talk about this today? And there has mm. been times when the Lord goes, not today. And I go, okay, great. And we close that box and we keep moving. Cause there mm-hmm. might be another day when there's a different space and grace for that, that we can talk about it later. Um, but giving, giving you permission. And so if people are kind of curious about how this works, first of all, there aren't really any rules just in the sense right. the rule is to be as honest as possible and mm-hmm. to follow, follow your energy as far as it, as far as it will go. And you will feel a like, okay, I'm done now. Like mm-hmm. I, I've cleared out as much as I can today. There may still be other, other grievances to process, but there is the, mm-hmm. like, I've used all the battery power of grace today. Let's recharge mm-hmm. and we'll come back come back for this again. Um, and that was super important. And I think also with that watching, because sh- sharing that with a group of people, I mean, that's super intimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes. so, 
that is that is very, very vulnerable, especially if you've had experiences where you have shared pain with people and you've been really disregarded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm totally blanking on the name. I've shared this on the podcast before. I want to say it's Peter Levine, but it's – I'll clarify that. He has a quote that talks about trauma, and he says, trauma is not simply what happens to us. It's what happens inside of us in the absence of an empathetic witness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the cool thing about – grieving your losses as an adult because some people might be asking the question oh great here we are another conversation about boohoo and about your childhood Mm. well the thing is we don't actually until that emotion in our brain has been given the space to process through it like you said our bodies carry that our souls will carry Mm -hmm. that until it's been regarded and Mm -hmm. so I just remember even being able to sit with students and hear different parts of their story and to just to actually learn that that principle of we're not here to make this right. Right. We're just here to regard that this was awful. That's Mm -hmm. all. We're just acknowledging the truth that this pain that you experienced was terrible and Mm -hmm. shouldn't either shouldn't have happened or, you know, whatever it is, like it's not, not your fault. And we're just sitting with people of like, yep, this is awful. That's where we start. And then we have the, the post healing work Mm -hmm. of, now, what does it look like for me to take the truth that God's really good and God's really kind, take all these parts of my story that have been voiceless for a really long time, and then work with people and Jesus, he's always really kind in that too, to say, okay, now I'm not going to stay stuck here forever. Guys, wasn't Wanda just amazing? She has been just a dear friend and a mentor for many years to me, and I'm so excited to start this conversation about grief this week and continue next week. So we kind of left you on a cliffhanger, but want to dive in next week to how do we actually apply this to our everyday life? What does it look like in our own experience of grief, and how do we be men and women who grieve well? So join us next week for part two of our conversation. Can't wait to see you there.